morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is John Arvin, and thank you for listening, tuning, and watching into <laughs> behind, behind the, the scenes, scenes of, of our, our best, best days. days. Hey, we are so uh, excited. Um, those of you who are just tuning in, tell if this is your first episode. If this is your listening, first episode, listening or watching, our, technically our last one that we're recording, mm. but we don't know where it'll go in the order. I guess for sure. But, but explain what we are. We are a podcast that I wish I'd had growing up. I was the the Christian kid, and I was in church, and I was like, I wish I knew more about how things are run. So we have this confession that we say at every service of victory, which is part of it says, my best days are right, right in, front in front of me. Of us, yeah. And so having stepped in, especially this spring that we're in right now, we're seeing wow. so many of our best days happen. There are always behind the scenes moments of our best days. And uh, if you're curious about them, this is the podcast for you. Yes. Curious about the behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So anyways, but yeah, so this past weekend, Arvin, Pastor Paul um, and Pastor Ashley, we celebrated 40 year anniversary That's of amazing. victory of the ministry of victory yeah. here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, yeah. victory.com. Yeah. So, uh, and basically the hashtag of the whole thing of the sermon was 40 years of faithfulness. faithfulness yeah. And so pastor Paul, who's a great songwriter, mm -hmm. um, he wrote a song oh, that yeah. was very like, uh, nostalgic, very but beautiful. also, yeah, yeah. Futuristic and like yeah. looking forwards and and yeah. there was B roll of pastor Billy Joe and Sharon who were the founding pastors of it. And then we yeah. almost did like an 18 minute documentary. Yeah. Um, that, that took part of the sermon portion, but the yeah. hashtag of the whole weekend was 40 years of faithfulness. Yeah. And that was with, within this ministry of victory, there is a Christian school, basically pre-K through 12th grade with approximately, um, between 900 and a thousand students. There's a Bible college yeah. with between 250 students. There is a camp that is in Manford, Oklahoma, Camp yeah. Victory. Yeah. And then there is a Dream Center, which is in North Tulsa, mm -hmm. which is a big outreach center. Then there is the main church campus and then our our North Tulsa campus yeah. and our Manford campus. Right. So, um, yeah, there's multiple entities. And so me and Arvin, we work within the creative department here, and mm -hmm. we actually help create content for all of these entities. Yeah. So we get to like see the behind the scenes of things. Yeah. So anyways, so now that we've set it up and, and people were like, and people who have just joined the church within the last few years who don't even know. Yeah. I was shocked pastors. at the number of people who didn't know the history. Cause I was, yeah. I started here. Uh, we started going here in 2003 and I was 12, I think. Yeah. Wow. So I was like, I was around in the maybe center and I, that's like nothing compared to the people that are here since the, you know, seventies, eighties, um, eighties, I think. Anyways. Yeah. It was nuts that there were so many new people, which is awesome. It's a great yeah. sign. So many new people that were like, oh, really? That's, oh, interesting. Oh, that happened? That There's so many little stories in there uh, where Pastor Billy Joe and Pastor Sharon were tested in their faith one way or another. The church was like yeah. the nuts story. Yeah, and if you are wanting to watch the documentary, we're actually doing multiple parts who are going to yeah. make a full like one hour feature link documentary. Yeah. It's gonna be awesome with different with different moments. But if you wanna watch what happened this past weekend, you can go on the Victory Tulsa YouTube and watch it. But basically there were stories of how how it all started um uh towards the end of the seventies, eighties, yeah, to where 
basically Pastor Billy Joe and Sharon um, from opening up a church at a auto, uh, yeah, at, at like a car. <laughs> they they renovated a place where cars were sell, sold yeah. into a church. Yeah. Then they started having church in a tent right. because they outgrew that place. Right. And then whenever they began to be like, well, I feel like we should start a Christian school because yeah. the way to change culture yeah. is to teach Christian education. Yeah. And then a Bible college. And then they felt the call of God to, at that moment in time, their church was primarily mm. like a Caucasian church. Sure. And so they felt this real strong drive to be like, we need to have different ethnicities, different mm -hmm. age ranges. Yeah, and so a place we, for everybody, a place for everybody Absolutely. to make what it looks like in the middle of um, Midwest <laughs> that it needs to look like heaven yeah. and heaven is a melting pot of different ethnicities, yeah. different age ranges, yeah. you know, special needs programs. Yeah. 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 Um, and so they began running buses and we began mm. going to a, uh, basically government housing apartment complexes. Mm. And I remember growing up, um, like once a month on, on a Friday night, we would go to government housing, low income, and sure. we would set up a, an adult tent, yeah, like a actual tent yeah. and then a, t a, a kid's tent. Yeah. And we would do services on Friday night, yeah. Saturday morning, and oh then my. give out groceries, yeah. which today has become the dream center. Right. But I remember growing up. And on Friday nights, we'd go out there and we would do a healing service yeah, yeah, where yeah. basically there would be praise and worship and they would go door to door and knock. Yeah. I remember being like five years old, six years old, Incredible. go with my parents, knocking on doors yeah. and people coming out and being like, what do you guys want? We'd be like, hey, come to this healing service. Yeah. yeah. And it's just insane. Amazing. <laughs> that was your weekend. And yeah. then you'd go to church. Yeah. Sunday. And then on Sundays, we'd have church, you know, in whatever building we were renting out. Right. At one point, we were renting out the Maybe Center. Yeah. Which is connected to Oral Roberts University. Yeah. Um, go Eagles. And then, and then, you know, it wasn't until 2008 when we built our current sanctuary. Mm -hmm. But throughout that, there's these stories of like, we would have to be raising money yeah. um, to either purchase land. Because yeah. the one thing we heard was like, there's no more land being made. Right. So buy land. Yeah. And so, and the a teaching that they grew up with was like don't be in debt so get out of debt yeah so build things on a cash basis yeah when you build things on a cash basis you like have to have cash right and my parents were from <laughs> podunk arkansas yeah that my my so my parents pastor billy joe and sharon doherty the founding pastors there was times where they would like hunt and kill squirrels <laughs> squirrels <laughs> fry them <laughs> And that was what they ate for dinner. They ate squirrel. And then they would go fishing for catfish in like a dirty creek. This is true? Right? This is true. I've never heard this. That's amazing. We, even whenever I was younger, my parents' date nights, Yeah. they no. loved <laughs> They loved going out to a pond, fishing, oh, awesome. cleaning the fish. Yeah. And then that was our dinner. I <laughs> Literally, because we just didn't That's have money amazing. to like... You know, my parents like didn't getting go dressed to... for date night, putting on a raccoon hat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it was like they were they were straight up country. Like, Sharon, you ready? Yeah, that's amazing. And so and so, it's funny because people uh, now they see this multi million dollar campus right. and they're like, oh, they just assume sure. money and all these things happen. But sure. forty years of faithfulness is yeah is like 
I remember us living off food stamps and we were the pastors of victory. Right, right, right. I remember us, you know, giving like my parents being like, all right, we're going to eat ramen noodles for a minute because Mm -hmm. we gave our money in the tithes and offerings because we can't stand up and preach about giving tithes without us giving a sacrificial offering. Sure, yeah. And I remember being upset because I was like, and I'm sure anyone who's grew up as a PK PK or a minister's kid, you remember being like, man, I really wanted Doc Martens, but my parents bought me Skechers, and everyone (laughs) knew they were not real Doc Martens when you went to school. Right. Or people would come over to spend the night, and they'd be like, how come your TV has tinfoil on its (laughs) antenna? You know what I mean? Like yeah. I had friends yeah. that went to my parents' Christian school and yeah. I would go over and they would be like, we can afford cable. We can afford the <laughs> Disney network. And we couldn't afford Disney network. And yeah, yeah. they'd be like, why do you guys have Sam's choice, yeah. Dr. Thunder and not Dr. <laughs> Pepper? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just wild things to where, yeah. you know, I grew up definitely bitter. Um, <laughs> Cause I was like, why can't we have nice things? <laughs> You know, and yeah. so anyways, but all of those things to say that like, and and so it's so funny. So this past weekend, celebrating 40 years of faithfulness, there's yeah. so many things that go in it. And and three things that have kind of been rotating in me and Arvin's mind is, and we're going to say this, and then we're going to break it down. Right. So it is open hands. Yeah. Empty fields. Yeah. Bold is in my blood. Yeah. Let's say it together. Open, open hands. hands Empty fields, bold is in my blood. Yeah. Open hands, empty fields, bold is in my blood. That's right. And essentially, basically what it means is for 40 years of faithfulness, you have to live with open hands. Yeah. You can't you can't stay with clenched fists right. on relationships, on right. people that come into your life, on resources, on money. Sure. Let's say immediately you get money yeah. and it was from God. But yeah. for some reason, we don't have faith to release it, to live life with open hands. Yeah. Then then like the for, then faithfulness, it almost is like your um the the flow of God's resources. Mm-hmm can actually stop if you don't live life with open hands. Right. So imagine having a great idea and yeah. you're like, I want to, I want to, I want to keep this idea. Yeah. Um, or I want to keep these people, right. you know, once they get hired on yeah, at victory yeah. Yeah. and you don't want to live life with open hands because after being in ministry for 40 years, God brings people. Right. And then he also removes people. Yeah. There's healthy transitions and yeah. then there's painful transitions. Sure. Yeah. And so just living a life with open hands, being like, wow, yeah, that I don't deserve this stuff. And mm-hmm. God brings things mm-hmm. and then God moves on things. Yeah. And then empty fields is basically a thing that Pastor Paul is Pastor Paul and Pastor Ashley's preached on. So my dad would take us to open fields, mm-hmm. one of them being across the street from Oral Roberts University, and it was right. pecan trees. It was yeah. a pecan grove. Wow. And he would take us out on these fields. And he would ask me and my siblings, what do you see yeah. on an empty field? Yeah. An empty field, we'd go, we see trees, mm-hmm. we see trash, we see that homeless person who set up a tent <laughs> over there in the corner lot. <laughs> and my dad would say, I see a school. Yeah. I see a school. I see a hospital for the hurting. I see a church mm-hmm. with a 4,000-seat auditorium. Yeah. I see... Um, a Bible college that trains up people who are entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. I see a a Bible college that trains up worship leaders that goes 
from to Bangladesh to Boston, Massachusetts, mm -hmm. to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, yeah. Um, yeah. to go and plant churches. Mm -hmm. um, he would take us out to 46th Street North in North Tulsa, and he'd go, what do you see? We'd be like, mm -hmm. we see um, <laughs> heroin, heroin syringes sure. in the ground, yeah. um, broken down uh, yeah. lawnmowers that sure. have been overgrown. And, yeah. and he'd go, I, I see a dream center. Yeah. And so what is, the, what is your empty field that you are taking your kids to the next generation of showing them empty fields yeah. and saying, what do you see? Right. And then the final thing is bold is in my blood yeah. is seeing the boldness of taking risks. Yeah. Risks as small as um, taking a risk to uh, basically in a, in a, gather, in a mm -hmm. community um, – a risk is maybe being vulnerable, mm -hmm. um, risking looking like an idiot, um, yeah. laughing, or 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 being or or taking a risk of riding a bicycle in a sermon illustration, yeah. and then taking a risk <laughs> yeah. of boldness of doing a revival on the rooftop in the yeah. middle of COVID, right? You know, so those yeah. are all the things that line up with the ethos, with the culture, with the behind the scenes of yeah. who Victory is. Yeah. Living with open hands, empty, empty fields, fields, bold is in my blood. Definitely. Arvin, explain, yeah. you know, what, yeah. what are your thoughts on my that? My first thought is that story, they had it in the documentary in the first part where they were raising money for the land that we're sitting on now. And they had raised about $700,000 and they needed like three and a half million or something. And your dad said, I wasn't even alive for this. Your dad said, because of the fact that we don't have enough, we're going to have open hands here. We're going to sow this first $700,000 into missions around the world. We're going to trust God to deliver the rest. And, and, and the thing was, is that the three million was due like in a week. <laughs> That's insane. And and we had been on this campaign yeah. of raising trying to raise yeah. that three million. Yeah. And it was like and all we had was seven hundred thousand. Right. And then a week before and then it was like a week uh, and I could be wrong. Sure. I need to rewatch it. Yeah. I need to remind myself. But <laughs> Whatever then, the amount of time is, it would not have been. Yeah. Enough. And he was yeah. just like, well, this is all we got. So, so we're, we're gonna, gonna give it, it away. <laughs> the open that's amazing to me because there's uh I don't think anyone teaches this because very few people have successfully done this. So like in any industry, they're like, oh, these are like, if you go to a business school, they go, these are healthy business practices that every business should do. Very few people have lived with open hands to the ex on this scale to where they can talk about it. Not everyone wow. talks about it because not everyone has done it. So we've been talking about uh, things uh, at this scale, how do you see greatness and faithfulness on, on this level? That's been the fascination of my life. That's why I wanted this podcast when I was a kid is mm. I want to know behind the scenes of how that stuff operates. Is it the same in a God context as it is in a non-godly context? Like So are, like if you don't believe in God. Right. If, if So you study like the biggest businesses in the history of humanity Forbes. so far. Yeah. yeah. You look at all Fortune that stuff. 500. You look at like the men who, and uh, in this case, it was a lot of men who like started this country and what they did and how they're, you know, how steel took over, how trains took like Rockefeller, all these people, the Rothschilds, whatever. And you hear stories about uh, like John Paul Getty, whatever. And you hear about 
how savage they had to be in business when it came to relationships with other people. I've always been curious, is that the same in the church world? I've come to learn now, I'm 28 years old, it's not. And unfortunately, people who have tried that, it didn't work. So to be sitting in something that for 40 years, literally 40 years, uh, has been operating with greatness, open-handedness is one of the most contradictory uh, uh, ideas to the way that the world operates. Yeah. So, like, the way that... Okay, yeah. So just make an example. I mean, for example, John Paul Getty gets uh his grandson gets kidnapped and and, and, and for those who don't know this is like an oil oil magnate billionaire in this like in the 20th century and they've made movies about this they've made shows about this and i i honestly if i met this family i'd be i, I would love to hear more that i don't know but from what we know so far his grandson gets kidnapped and held for ransom for like millions of dollars which at that time was more money than it would be today but it's still a lot of money and he says no Wait, wait, hold on. So, so the people who kidnapped they his kidnap son, his son, and they go, "Hey, pay us this amount of money, and we'll give you your grandson we'll give you back." Your grandson back. And he said, "No." Whoa, that's no, savage. It's a wild story. So that there's all these stories, not just John Paul Getty, but like these these famous wealthy people, billionaires, uh, who like would wouldn't like if if they borrowed money, wouldn't give it back, or they they were not open handed. And they were like, I want to get as much as I can. It was greed. Acquisition. I just want acquisition. I'm just going to take. I'm just going to take. And then what they would sacrifice in their family. So then you look at like victory now and you go, okay, look at this incredible campus and all this stuff. People see that and they get curious. How, is it the same as that? And it's not. And you can tell because you look at the family. Mm. You look at the fact that we're on your podcast right now in this building. Well, it's that, our podcast. Well, sure, but I'm saying the fact that, um, and I don't want to, this isn't an indictment on any ministry family whose kids didn't want to, every person decides for themselves, but the fact that uh, Pastor Paul and Pastor Ashley are leading the church now, the fact that the, the health of the organization continues to increase, the fact that... Uh, we're still doing building. Yeah. We're still building. We're sitting in the newest one, and there's always conversation about what, what God's going to do next. Yeah. I think that's because when God finds someone, and he doesn't find many people who are like this, who says, whatever you give me, I'm going to ask you what you want me to do with it. I have learned in my life, a lot of times I would be like, God, just give me a bunch of money. Give me a bunch of money. Give me a bunch of money. And finally, through over the course of years of like fantasizing, I want to be on this scale. I want to be great. I want to be known for being great, which are two different things. And Ooh, I, <laughs> being great and, and being, being known, known for, for being great two are things. two different things. Totally two different things. But Yikes. Okay. eventually the Holy Spirit confronting me saying, you're asking me to replace myself. Whoa. You want me to give you so much money that you never need me again. That's what you're asking me for. And so open-handedness demolishes that, saying, whatever you give me, I just want to use it however you want me to use it. And you're talking about not just resources and money, especially but also relationships, relationships, gifting, perspective. Oh. When, okay. when a volunteer comes to your church and they're socially awkward and they're strange to be around, 
And then there's another one who's super cool and is very li- super trendy. Do yeah. you respect and treat them both the same? And do you are you kind to both of them? And do you value the both of them? And that's open handedness. Whoa. Yeah. Convicted right now. For sure. Can oh, we absolutely. do an altar? <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, empty fields, I think, is the idea with open because you can't have empty fields if your hands aren't open because you can't have empty fields if your hands aren't open. Right. Meaning that like you're not going to move on to the next thing God wants to do because you've made an idol out of the first thing he did. Like you look at Israel moving through uh, the desert and then they get to the promised land. <clears throat> They constantly had to, and God made sure of it, they couldn't just take what he had given them and said, oh, I just want to camp here. I just want to stay here. Mm. He would move them. So even if they tried to, like, keep food for an extra day, he would go, no, there's going to be maggots all over that food. So basically, living with open hands is like the manna principle. For sure. He was like, take what you need, but don't take any more. Right. If you try to like replace me with my provision, it's not going to work. If you try to replace God... With, with his God's provision, provision it, it won't, won't work. work. You won't. Let's get say that. it again one more time for the <laughs> yeah. people in the back. If yeah. you try to replace God with His provision, it won't work. It won't work. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's a wrap. I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> Don't turn it off. Don't turn it off. <laughs> Almost there, I think. But, no, but yeah. Yeah. I think Empty Fields is saying God going. Look, I have. There's no limit to the amount of things I want to accomplish. But this is where it gets to the last part bold is in my blood it doesn't say bold is in my hands meaning bold that it's it's hands. your identity it's part of your dna our dna yeah is it's not something you prove or something you achieve it's in you yeah i don't have to like show you my blood and bleed on you and go see see it's already there it's in my dna and so with this whole open hands empty fields bold is in my blood i think the more we see buildings go up, the more we see God's provision, not just financially, but in relationships, in mental health and emotional energy, all those yeah. things. The boldness aspect is saying, I trust that God will keep providing all of this. Yeah. I'm not. Oh, man. So that's these so three good. things work okay. cyclically. If you have <clears throat> open hands, you get uh, access to empty fields. And then because the boldness is in your blood, you fill that field with whatever God asks you and to. And then you do it again. And then you have the temptation to make an idol out of what you just saw God build. Right. And if you have boldness in your blood, you go, ah, I think there's something new. So you're open. So it's cyclical. So that Man. means we choose ultimately, this is the big thing. If, if there's a, if I wish there was a time machine for 12 year old Arvin, but if you're that person now, you can understand this. I wish I could have told young Arvin this, you will determine the scale on which you operate. Yeah. So I look at p- people like Pastor Billy Joe, Pastor Sharon, Pastor Paul, Pastor Ashley, and I go, I love the scale they're operating on, like the impact, 2,400 Bible schools around the world. All like You could talk for five podcast episodes about the impact that's been made in the world, and people all over, the, especially like Gen Z, millennials, whoever, want to change the world, want to make a huge impact. The reality is you determine the scale on which you operate because of the fact that you could and you will be tempted to make an idol out of the first thing God does or an idol out of the gift yeah. God gave oh you. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That is so good, Arvin. Mm. You are you will be tempted to make an idol out of the thing that the the great thing that God does right. ASAP. Exactly. Wow. Especially those who are really gifted and talented and yeah. they and they get a and they get a door open for them early in sure. life. Sure. Absolutely. Like 
man, how scary is it to be, have you, have you ever asked yourself, what is it that you really want? Hmm. Like, what is it that you want that like, if you ever asked, are you written it down? The whole Habakkuk 2-2, like yeah. write your vision, make it clear so you can run with it. Yeah. People get excited about those sermons. They yeah. get excited about that scripture in Isaiah. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Right. And you're like, yes, because that's like candy to us. That's right. like right. driving through McDonald's, the dollar menu, and being like, I'll have six of those <laughs> only for six bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, sadly, um, I do. <laughs> Sadly, yeah, <laughs> me too. Same. <laughs> we just begin telling you guys our gluttony. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Anyways, so, uh, but that is that's like a like that's like a sexy thing right. to talk about People those things. Love it. Yeah. People love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, right. Same. But then the scary thing is, is that when doors are opened, or you are giving something, God provides in a major way early in your life. Mm-hmm then there's this like really scary thought of what if like I need to hold on to this. I need to really capitalize on this because it's almost kind of like, Mm -hmm. um, like there's no promise that it'll happen again. Yeah. 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 There's this scripture called, and it's all about, um, broken cisterns Mm -hmm. where it was like the people have, and it's a scripture and I'm sorry, I can't remember the address, but it's about like, people have forsaken me yeah. and they have built broken cisterns yeah. in a cistern. Basically back in the Bible times, they would build these wells yeah. in dry, arid places throughout the wilderness where lots of people lived yeah. in is in throughout, you know, the biblical times. Yeah. And it was like a place where, um, where they would have water. Yeah. Water resembles life, right? So they have forsaken the, the river of life, mm-hmm. which is what God, what God provides, yeah, right? Right. It's be, it's trusting God. It's having faith in God. It's it's staying close to like man, the consistent living with open hands, living with surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, the any great things that come into our life, realizing that we didn't make them happen, God mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And instead, we we build these broken wells to mm-hmm. where we go. Okay, now that we have this, right. Let's keep this, right? What like you said, whether it's a relationship, someone that comes into your life, sure. Um, you know, or whatever, um, resources, but then they're broken. So they're leaking. Totally. And so in reality, it's like, man, staying close to the river of God and what that means. I know that sounds very ethereal, but what it means is like a river flows. Yeah. You know, so you can't really keep anything. And and God was like, you have forsaken me. You've gone away from the river and you've built broken cisterns, which means you've built something around something that I gave you. Yeah that has stopped up the flow in yeah. your life. Yeah. And man, yeah. And the, and then I think about um the the in the, and I'm just kind of rehashing what yeah. you said the empty fields is living with vision is not just knowing what like not just having vision but also having resilience for the mundane right. times right. and even the things that you go, man, it's not coming fast enough. Yeah. You know, right. Like looking back on this last weekend, we celebrated 40 years of faithfulness when other people, there are ministries that are incredible ministries that, you know, that, that, that were around 20 years and then things dried up. Sure. 
And somewhere along the way, yeah. it was because maybe they gave up on a vision. Right. You know what I mean? Right, or right. maybe they couldn't push through that mundane yeah. season in their life. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you were about to say something. No, I just think uh, when you get to that part, when you th- think about longevity, long-term stuff, uh, the place it impacts the most immediately, where you can see if a person really is living with open hands empty fields and boldness in their blood is as relationships because I look at it now like I just got married and this all comes to fruition day to day based on Danielle and I sit down and talk about things like this and we see where each other is at in our personal growth and where we want to be and we talk about that a lot yeah and so there is the thought on her end or on my end that I'm going to be either patient or impatient with this person based on how ready I perceive them to be for what we think we're called to. Mm. And so if I have open hands and empty fields and boldness in my blood instead of like something I'm trying to earn or a reputation I'm trying to get, then I'm going to treat people with patience knowing that it is entirely up to God, not up to them when and how and if the things God's put in our heart happens. Meaning that the biggest difference, I think, is you, you look at the people we mentioned earlier, or perhaps anybody who's operating outside of uh, God's method for greatness, who wants to be a big deal, you look at their life and the way they treated people, and they were lonely people. They weren't close to anybody. They weren't accountable to anybody. No one really knew them. No one really knew them. Like if they were to read their biography, they'd go, I don't even know this person. Their autobiography oh. and their biography are totally different. And so I think as people of God, that's the biggest place. where You want to know the evidence? Look yeah. at the pressure you feel around people. Look at the pressure you put on other people that are around you. Are you demanding mm. that other people play God for you? Do you need your relationships to give you evidence okay, of so, what God's doing? So basically, if so, what God does for you is you put your trust in Him, right? You put your faith in Him, yeah. And then you're also like, God won't let me down, right? And so you copy and paste those emotions to an individual, right? Man, but after the last forty years of just growing up in this ministry, I've seen people that I thought were going to be here forever, sure. Um, including in my personal life, I have had relationships that I'm like, you are going to be like, I I have found so much joy Mm -hmm. in relationships. And then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, that friendship, that relationship is no more. Mm -hmm. And so then I'm like, well, something wrong with me. Mm. Well, something is wrong with them. Sure. And I can get bitter. And I was like, oh, I made that person God. Right. Exactly. So sorry, I interrupted. No, no, no. no. I love it. I love it. Basically all I'm getting, what it comes down to is this is a big deal because people who are uh, convinced that they're called to operate in a large scale, I want to be great. I I want to have a million followers on Instagram. I want to be wealthy. I want to be famous, which in the church is more more prevalent than I think it is even in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's, that's part of the deal now. It seems like it's like, if God's going to move in my life, I'm going to be this person. So you have to, Clout chase. Exactly. You can tell the, the a person who wants that, if they're convinced that they need other people's help and not God's, then 
it gets messy very quickly. So hold on, give an example real quick because this is behind the scenes. Yeah, we're not going to say any names, but there are individuals that we, you know, at one podcast we talked about um, the green room. Yeah. So the green room, um, you know, like at at a church, at any ministry, yeah. specifically at a conference, you yeah. have big name speakers and other big name ministers will come to watch those big name speakers. Yeah. Yes. To get a word from God, right. but also to network or to chase clout and yeah. chasing clout means you just want to be around important people. You want to be, be around perceived important. as important. You want to be perceived. So you're yeah. like, and <laughs> yeah. here's the thing, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. It's just, it is a, it is a fine, it's a trapeze artist right. to being like, you are feeling like, man, I really need to post a selfie with this individual to make sure all of my friends know how yeah, important I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. all right, like I said, we're not going to say any names, but if this is behind the scenes of our best days, we right. got to talk. Like, I'll tell you, I'll tell out. you go. one name. Go, go, Ready? go. Arvin. Arvin, <laughs> which is you. Arvin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, if, if there's anyone else named Arvin, hit me up. I've not, never met another Arvin. Okay. Um, but yeah. Younger Arvin, the fear was, if I'm not perceived in real time now, I want people to think of who I am now based on who I see myself being in the future. So I need to be around important people. I need to be sitting closer to the platform. I need, oh, it was such so a- So a front row Joe. I need, yeah, I didn't know there was a term of basically that, exactly. And I need to not be associated with things that aren't. The problem with that is when you start to really get to know God and you go, I, I, you read your Bible every day, you pray and you're like, God, move in my life, move in my life. God, I want to see great things happen. One of the first things that should happen, if it hasn't happened, oh my goodness, it should happen, is the confrontation of the Holy Spirit where he's like, you keep asking me to do all these great things. What if I do them through this other person? Oh, so this other person that is someone like that you're jealous of someone that you so you're like, I would be praying. I remember I'll give you very practical specifics. Okay. I'm praying in my backyard. God, I want like I was in college. God, I want you to move on our campus. I want you to uh, in my head. Basically, what I'm saying is like, God, I want to preach in chapel. I want to be I want, I want to, to be this. I young, want to because rise. You know what up. would come with that would be attention from girls that want a godly husband. And it would be. uh People would think of me highly. People would see me on the stage. People would see my God-given gift. There's nothing better than that. Is the th in, in yeah, that young man's mind? That sounds mind. like Lucifer, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it really and horns yeah, grow out. Absolutely, yeah. While I'm preaching, uh, <laughs> they're like, "Oh yikes!" Yikes! Uh, but yeah, it was. It's that idea, and the reason we talk about it now, having survived that and not being that way anymore, I think. Obviously, there's always a temptation, but. Having survived that, the reason is I look at people that are 25, 18 to 25 now, and they're stuck there. They're stuck in this chasing clout. I want to yeah. be, I want to kingdom be perceived clout. as this yeah. kingdom clout. They Yikes. just want that. And, and even what, what's wild is that they don't realize. And here's the thing, because you have so much information with your sure. phone in your hand, yeah. there are people that have all of this information, but not a lot of experience. Right. And so there are people who actually know and in from TikTok to Snapchat to sure. Insta stories, people have learned how to like be great at communicating. Sure. They've learned how to say the right things. Sure. But they that some of them have not experienced a lot of heartache or experienced right. serving. Right. Pastor Paul always says, um, if you are too great to serve, 
than you're too small to lead. You're too small to lead. Yeah. If you're too great to serve, you're too small to lead. Yeah. An individual came up to me yesterday who was a Bible college student, and I was like, what do you really, really want to do mm-hmm. in life? And this Bible college student was like, you know, honestly, I want to be an evangelist. I want to travel and speak at um, youth groups and young adults, mm. and I want to hold really big um, crusades sure. um, to minister to youth and young adults. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Course, right? But remember that trapeze line? Right. And I go, oh, awesome. And he goes, so what would you say I need to do? And I go, are you currently serving in a youth group? And he goes, no. And I was like, are you serving in a young adult service? And he says, no. Yeah. And I was like, well, I, I, I think I know the first step. <laughs> you need to like be a, like you need to hold the door open. Yeah. And you need to do that long enough yeah. to where you actually feel broken yeah. because God builds with brokenness. Totally, totally. In fact, if you want to be built up, start broken. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And then what's crazy is with that cycle, the open hands, empty fields, bold is in my blood. Um, it, there, there will be seasons of brokenness. Yeah. Like as soon as you feel like, man, I'm lit now I, I built this, then God will be like, all right, now reset. Yeah. And so anyways, yeah. so like with that, and yeah. I even see that in life is yeah. that, um, like you said, you want to pe- be the difference. There's a big difference between being great and then being, you want to be known for being, being known great. for being great are right. two different things. Yeah. And it comes back to humility to quote Kendrick. Yeah. Be humble. <laughs> be humble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, but yeah, I interrupted you, but no, that was good. just something that was, yeah. like you said, that's the personal example. Sure. I even remember with me, man, one of the most difficult things was, I remember being a youth pastor and we grew our youth group to a certain amount and it was really, really thriving. Mm. And I had literally, I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And then my brother Paul stepped into leadership and he was like, John, I need you to be over our media department. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, it was not there. um, At that point in time, Mm I, it was not glamorous Mm. and I was like, well, I'm preaching every Wednesday night. I have the attention of all of these students and I would thought myself humble because I would Mm. always like, and people think humility is shying away from compliments. Reality, you just have bad self image. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, man, and I was, I was like, I really, really love what I'm building because I'm being Mm -hmm. known Mm -hmm. for what I'm building here in the youth group. And Mm -hmm. Paul was like, right, but I need you here. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and I was like on a radio, I, I I was behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And so literally overnight within two weeks, I was like no longer on stage. Mm -hmm. I had gone through the process of finding someone who would Mm -hmm. be my uh, successor who'd be the next youth pastor. And he was an incredible guy, mm. my friend, but mm-hmm. then looking on Instagram on Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. he really took our youth group to the next level, right? which meant yeah. it wasn't me, mm. which meant it was him. Sure. And I would be on Wednesday nights at the, like in the directing booth with all of the camera angles. And I would be like, all right, now camera two shot. All right, mm-hmm. now camera three shot. Mm-hmm. And in between, I would look at my phone and I would see 
on Instagram, the youth group blowing up yeah. and him preaching an incredible sermon. And right. I was like, I hi I got this dude hired and he's doing better than I am. <laughs> and I remember being really sad sure. and jealous. Sure. And you know, yeah, like yeah, and it yeah. was like that for yeah. a while. Yeah. And then I was like, man, maybe God is doing something, but I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. but I think uh, as we wrap it up here, the last thing I want to say is I th the, the reason that all of this stuff matters, that you live with open hands, empty fields, and boldness in your blood, is because if you were to achieve greatness, but you were manipulating and finagling and elbowing your way there, the tiniest sample of success will breed a self-hatred that is so devastating, it will not last. So mm. in my example, I am so eager to feel like a big deal. And obviously having not achieved the things on the scale that we're talking about here, but even the slightest, even just having early on in college, having the reputation as being a great godly guy, you start to feel like no one knows that I actually, I made an idol out of my gift. I, uh, see relationships as pawns that I can move around, you feel like 100% convinced that there's no way that God wants this for me. Because look at what I had, look at who I disrespected to get here. Look at who I overlooked wow. so to get here. so your perspective begins changing. You, ha you hate yourself because you know that you know that you know that the stuff you're preaching that you had to like compete with people to get invitations to preach for when you don't have the open hands, when you don't have that right perspective, when you don't think of it as something that God's called you to, that God wants to happen, that you're finagling and getting, you will hate yourself so much that it won't last. Mm, that's painful. So God is actually, it's not, it's not just like, oh, I need you to be humble so that other people don't dislike you. It's that so you'll like you. And so open hands, empty fields, boulders in my blood. Um, don't chase clout. It's not <laughs> yeah. worth it. It's a, it's that's also a cycle, but it's a downward spiral. It's a uh, game. It's not really a chase. It's tag. Yeah, absolutely. You're like, and, it and you're it. Sharp and then you're ended, it for yeah. like a little bit, and yeah. then someone then else goes is tagged. Yeah, and that's just <laughs> honestly, that's that would be devastating if you had an entire. Uh, not just one church, but if the church was operating that way, I wouldn't want to be a Christian either. If I was watching that stuff and I was just a bunch of competition, whatever. So that being said, this is the first season of behind the scenes of our best days. I'd yeah. say it's been a success. And um, thank you guys so much for yeah. listening. And I just want to encourage all of you. There is 40 years of faithfulness in your life. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. It is like, the thing is, is that even though we talk about behind the scenes of mm -hmm. all of this stuff mm -hmm. and we kind of talk about some things that may be disheartening that you're like, oh, man, yeah. am, do, am I that way? <laughs> like, do I see myself like, do I think I'm Peter, but really I'm Judas? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um, or do I feel like I am uh, like David and I'm killing Goliath, but I'm actually his brothers and I'm jealous mm -hmm. of him? Mm -hmm. Do I... Um, do I tell people that I'm Jesus, but in reality, I'm Lucifer, which I'm really gifted, but I have bad motives. Here's the thing is that if you feel that way, congratulations, you're human. Um, mm. uh, it's okay. But I feel like I just want to encourage you. There is 40 years of faithfulness in your life. And 
I think that as long as you are able to reflect, as long as you reflect, b- reflection brings revelation. Mm. So you reflect and be like, oh, you know what? It's that scripture, search me, oh God, mm-hmm. remove those things and lead me in the way everlasting. Yeah. Is that our goal is longevity. Yeah. Your goal is to be resilient, mm-hmm. to live with faith, because mm-hmm. you can't rush something that you want to last forever. Absolutely. You can't rush something that you want to last forever. And God's faithfulness is evident in your life. So don't give up mm-hmm. and know that there's always a behind the scenes of your best days. But God has your best intentions. So living life with open hands, having vision in empty fields, and know that boldness in your blood sometimes means allowing people to move on or allowing yourself to move on, forgiving yourself. Mm. Forgive yourself 70 times seven, not mm. just others, but yourself. Yeah. And know that um, God has a plan for you and your best days are right in front of you. We love you guys. Love you guys. Um, thank you guys so much for listening and tuning into Behind the Scenes. Your best days. Much love. Much love.